What's going on, Far Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars in 10. So how's everyone doing this dreadful Monday? As you all know, I don't like Mondays to begin with, but add insult to injury, in a few hours I have to go get a lumbar puncture, which I'm not super excited about getting. I'm actually a little scared. The spinal tap thing I got before really wasn't that pleasant, but from what I read online, the lumbar puncture is 20 times worse. So I ain't got a whole lot of time to talk this morning. Gotta get ready to go down to the hospital. But I couldn't go without getting this show out, especially the way the story left on Friday. Bane and Sarah were exchanging words, and Bane was contemplating on whether or not to keep her alive. So let's see what's happening now. But first, we gotta drop the intro. What well you have? You are now tuned in to a Star Wars show, so just sit back and ready to flow. Clear your mind of what you know, and let the force be the course of where we go. As we take this journey far, far away, now let's hear what John Vader has to only those with the power to control the dark side can ever truly be free. No, Sarah replied, gently shaking her head. I don't believe that. The dark side is evil. You are evil, and I will never serve you. There was a quiet defiance in her words, and Bane sensed nothing he could say or do would ever persuade her. For a brief moment, he considered attempting the ritual of essence transfer then quickly dismissed the idea. The ritual would consume his physical form, and if he failed to possess her body, his spirit would be trapped forever in the void. Her will was as strong as her father's, and he didn't know if he was powerful enough to overcome it. He didn't need to do this now. He still had several years before his current body failed completely. It was better to wait and try to find a technician to create a clone body. That, or find someone younger and more innocent. She is of no use to us, Master, the Iktochi noted, an eager gleam in her eye. May I kill her for you? He nodded, and the Huntress stepped forward, advancing slowly on the other woman. Bane sensed the assassin liked to savor the kill, reveling in the fear and pain of her victims. But Sarah made no move to defend herself. She didn't try to run or beg for mercy. Instead, she stood perfectly still, willing to meet her fate with mute acceptance. Recognizing she would get no satisfaction from Kaleeb's daughter, the assassin ended Sarah's life. Xana's fingers hesitated over the victory's nav panel as she pondered her next destination. Ever since escaping the stone prison, she had kept the shuttle in a low-level orbit around Doan. She didn't want to go back to Seutric. Bane was still alive, and she needed to find him but she didn't think he'd be returning to their home anytime soon. For a time, she had considered heading to Set's estate on Nar Shada. If he was dead, he certainly couldn't object if she used his place as a temporary base while she set out to hunt down her master. And if he happened to be there when she arrived, if he had somehow escaped the dungeon's collapse, then Xana had plenty of questions for him. However, the more she thought about confronting the man she had chosen as her apprentice, the less the idea appealed to her. Looking back, it was clear to her that Set had been a mistake. Overeager to assume the role of Dark Lord, she had convinced herself that he was an acceptable choice. Desperate to find an apprentice of her own, she had ignored his obvious flaws. Set was a dangerous man, one she suspected she might have to deal with later on if she discovered he was still alive, but he wasn't fit to be a Sith. His affinity for the Force was strong, and he willingly embraced many of the Dark Side's more self-serving aspects. But he lacked discipline. He was consumed by worldly wants and desires that clouded his greater vision. Worst of all, he clearly lacked ambition. 
Xana had lured him into her service with a combination of threats to his life and promises of power, but she had been deceiving herself as much as Set. It was obvious he had no real desire to rule the galaxy. He was content with his lot in life, and was unwilling to make the sacrifices necessary to turn himself into something more. And for some reason, she had been unable to see it. Maybe she was afraid to look. Maybe Set reminded her too much of herself. The words Bane had thrown at her when she accused him of violating the Rule of Two still rang in her mind. I waited years for you to challenge me, but you were content to toil in my shadow. Was he right? Was it possible that on some level she was afraid of taking on the responsibility of Sith Master? No. She had tried to kill him, tried and failed, even though Bane didn't have his lightsaber. Was it possible she hadn't really been trying to beat him? Had some small part of her subconscious mind held her back just enough so that Bane could survive until he saw his chance to escape? No, that's what he wants me to think. Bane's words had been a ploy. He was trying to undermine her confidence, looking for any edge that would let him survive. But he was wrong. Xana had truly wanted to kill him in the halls of the dungeon, and yet somehow he still managed to live. Xana was forced to admit that there was another even more disturbing possibility. Was Bane simply stronger than her? If she couldn't defeat him when he was unarmed, what chance would she have once he reclaimed his lightsaber? No, that didn't make sense either. Bane may have escaped with his life, but her master did not win that battle. Her lightsaber had given her a huge advantage. It had forced Bane to be on the defensive. So why hadn't she been able to finish him? She had obviously made a tactical error. But what was it? The question gnawed at her as she sat back in her seat and crossed her arms, the nav computer still awaiting its next destination. She bit down on her lip, concentrating. The answer was there. She just had to figure it out. In her mind, she replayed the scenario, analyzing it over and over again. She had been patient, careful. Because of this, her master had been able to keep her at bay despite her advantage. But if she had been more aggressive during the duel, she would have opened herself up to a potentially lethal counterattack. Was that the answer? Did she have to risk defeat to claim victory? Xana shook her head. That wasn't it. Bane had taught her that risk should always be minimized. Gambles relied on luck. Take enough chances and sooner or later luck will turn against you, even with the force on your side. And then it came to her. She had tried to defeat him using brute force. She had fought the battle on his terms. She would never be Bane's equal in physical strength. He would always be superior to her in martial skill. So why had she tried to defeat him in lightsaber combat when her true talents lay elsewhere? She had fallen into his trap. He had pretended to have a weapon, knowing she would see through his bluff. Bane had wanted her to focus on his missing lightsaber above all else. He was goading her into battle. Using her lightsaber to defeat an unarmed opponent was the simplest, most obvious path to victory. One Bane had expertly led her down, but the most obvious path was rarely the best one. Bane didn't fear her blades. There was only one thing she possessed that he was wary of. Sith sorcery. 
Okay, before we get started with this part, yesterday was Mother's Day, so I wanna wish all the mothers listening a happy Mother's Day. Now let's get to my thoughts of the story. First off, we see what Bane's choice was, but I didn't like the fact that he let the Huntress kill Sarah, and that he let the Huntress call him Master. Technically, that goes against the rule of two. No Master can have two apprentices, and Xana is still alive, because it jumps to Xana floating around Dome, contemplating how Bane beat her. As she replaced the battle over and over in her head, she came up with the realization that Bane won because she fought his fight, not using the one thing that he feared, Sith sorcery. And that's where this part came to an end. Now let's get to the quote of this week. And it comes to us from Joyce Brothers. She says, success is a state of mind. If you want to be successful, start thinking of yourself as being successful. During this journey that has been my life, I've had the pleasure of seeing a lot of people become successful. They started from nothing and grew to great wealth. And one thing that I have noticed, people that gain success in their lives act like they are successful before they become successful. Don't get me wrong, they work hard and sacrifice more than anyone that I've ever met, but they change the way that they think. They act like they got a billion dollars, even though they don't have a pot to pee in or a window to throw it out of. They just act like they are already successful. They think and carry themselves like the elite. Then they become the elite. The point I'm trying to make is it starts in your head. The way you think determines your reality. Think and act like you are successful and you will become successful. If you think and act like a ruffian, you are going to have a rough life. Okay, enough with all that. Join us tomorrow for more Darth Bane Dynasty of Evil. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Intent. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Keen Eye Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.